0: Chris sighed. Let's see, how was the week? Well, no binges, but I'm still overeating. He laughed. I'm sick of hearing myself tell you this week after week. I feel like I should have gotten it by now. I even was worried about having this phone call, but long story short, still screwing up. My Tuesday calls with Chris had, in fact, been circling around the theme of overeating for some time. And that's nothing unusual. Recovery from binge eating naturally transitions through a phase of emotional eating or overeating before the following stages where these behaviors decline in frequency. I reassured Chris we'd handle it together, and we began to break down the specific experiences he had that week. We talked about which foods were involved, how the day had been at work, What his physical and emotional state was like before and after the overeating incidents, and we talked about where and when each one occurred. Chris had really detailed notes in his tracker, which was quite helpful. After breaking down two examples of meals where he had overeaten so we could see all the factors, I said, okay, what's the next example? And Chris said, um, that's it. That's it? I echoed. A little surprised. Chris's recounting of his week had made it sound like overeating was prevalent, if not the default for the week. He described his behavior that week as still screwing up. But all of this, over two meals out of more than 20, hmm, it seemed a little skewed to me. Let's dig into this phenomenon to find out more. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary-Claire Brescia. One of the first things I have to say about Chris is he's pretty much an ideal client. He's open-minded, he's eager to try anything new, and he's really honest about everything he goes through. I have had few people who are so enthusiastic about their recovery. If I mention a book title that I think might help him, the next week he'll tell me he bought it, read or listened to it already, and took notes. If I mention another book, the next week, same thing. The man is a sponge for new perspectives and tools, and he also follows through on using them in real life. And just so everyone listening knows, even ideal clients who work hard and have all the right characteristics and mindset, they still struggle and fall short of their intentions on a regular basis. We are all human. I mentioned a couple episodes that my brain, just like yours, will tell little lies from time to time. These inaccurate thoughts can be based on a shred of truth blown out of proportion Or we could be seeing the world through a lens that distorts things. When Chris recounted his week as, quote, still screwing up, but we realized it was only actually two meals where he missed his goal, I knew he was falling victim to a cognitive distortion known as a mental filter. Just like the last two cognitive distortions we talked about, fortune telling and mind reading, mental filtering is not a conscious process. It's something that happens automatically, and without our choosing it. Chris wasn't sitting there before our call deciding, you know, I want to make things sound much worse than they actually are. Yeah, that's a great idea. Rather, Chris was just being honest, as he always is, and telling me exactly what he saw when he looked back over his last seven days. Mental filtering is incredibly common in people who struggle with binge eating and or poor body image. It involves focusing only on the negative aspects of a situation, or isolating the negative details out of a more complex set of information. Chris ate 19 meals where he met his goal that week, but when I asked about the week, he only referred to the two that weren't what he wanted. Mental filtering can impact how we see our own performance, as it did with Chris, or it can impact how we see the world. It also impedes learning and behavior change, because if we focus on how many mistakes we've made, we miss out on the precious resource that is learning from what went well. You may notice your own mental filter in action if, when you look in a mirror, you automatically focus on the thing you like the least about your appearance. There could have been a frog sitting on my head when I was in college. If I passed a full-length mirror, I wouldn't have known, because my eyes went immediately to my hips and thighs. And that also meant I didn't take in the parts of my body that I actually liked. I ignored my strong shoulders and long, thick hair. I was only flaw-finding. This sort of mentally breaking our body into pieces, ignoring some chunks while focusing on the ones we like the least, contributes to feeling overall worse about our appearance. Taken to the extreme, this presents as body dysmorphia, or body dysmorphic disorder, where a person's distress over imagined or minor perceived flaws becomes a disabling preoccupation. Now, I'm not saying you have a diagnosable condition if you sometimes focus on the negative. It's actually totally common to do at least some of the time. But we'd probably all be happier, more confident, and more able to grow and succeed if we notice when we have a mental filter in place, and intentionally remove it. Here are places you might notice and remove your own mental filter. When it comes to your eating, rather than only paying attention to the mistakes you made, be sure you also notice what you're doing well. This helps keep a balanced and accurate view of reality, and we're better able to observe our own progress when it comes to interacting with people. If you receive a performance review or report card of a kind, make sure you notice all of the feedback, not just the room for improvement. You'll have a more realistic view of your abilities, and it just plain won't be as upsetting. When you make a mistake, this is prime time for the mental filter to pop up, like an automatic inflating pool toy. And for many people, Concern over having made a mistake is a key trigger for a binge eating incident. A 2016 paper found that excessive concern over mistakes is uniquely predictive of binge eating and other self-sabotaging behaviors like avoiding tasks. Managing your mistakes in stride means noticing them, but not out of proportion to all of the things that you do really well. I believe we can handle seeing our lives and ourselves in their true, accurate beauty. Hashtag no filter.